that's how we ver like if we're safe here. Yeah. Or not. When people and strangers come. Yeah. Rambo's cool with it. Me and Gilmar, we've got like weapons hidden around yeah, here. You don't know. <laughs> this might be real. Ninja stars. Mm-hmm. So when Rambo's acting weird with a guest, which has happened, we just all we hold on to something. Yeah, you don't know, dude. Yeah. You're just gonna tear into the couch cushion and then suddenly it's just like a machete pops out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. We've got a guest, Gilmar. Oh shit. Turn to your right. Seriously. Oh my god. What's up? No. Nobody else is here. Nobody else is here. Not good news. <laughs> Everyone did. And he came and left. Yeah. We may never know who that was. I know who it is, but just for just for mystery's sake, I'm not gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll have him on someday. He looked kind of interesting, right? Yeah. He gave off a vibe. Yeah, yeah he has a vibe about him. All right. Anyway, moving forward. Moving forward. No Prisoners podcast. We got Gilmar, <laughs> Andrew, and Jillian here tonight. <laughs> our, cold guest, our main guest. Yeah, yeah our shotgun. Yeah, oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the main guest the is The main now guest here. is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the cold guest or whatever you nope. call it. <laughs> no, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I thought you were fucking with me. Like, what That's you- what's so funny about this. Everybody's like listening to this right now and be like, wow, when are they going to get to this show? But somebody came into the room that looked like disgruntled or like upset or frustrated or maybe, you know, just looking for somebody. Looking for someone, yeah. Expecting a different result when he got here. And he's looking at Gilmar like, I need, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, hey, Gilmar, there's... This guy here, and you're like, What? <laughs> you know, the way I looked your over, face, your face was like, Oh my god, did you see me look over? <laughs> like, slowly, you're so like, I don't know slow. what to expect right now, dude. Like, you were like Dr. Evil in the chair, you're like, Hello, sir, dude. I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear anyone walk in here, that was crazy. So, you get lost in a podcast world, I'm telling you, yeah, dude. We, what if we all had our backs to it and he was just walking around, <laughs> and like later, the cameras. Like we didn't see the cameras and like how we used to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be funny, just like a random guest in the background. We had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of No Prisoners podcast. Oh shit! That dude, that one dude said there was energies around here. So who knows? Oh, that's not good. Man. We should just call him the ghost. The ghost. There anyway, it is. Great kickoff to this. Yeah. Show. <laughs> We're great at this, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you stop? Okay, I'll Get stop. Or serious. Yeah, okay. Serious as hell right now. Yeah, we're serious. Has a heart Just like reset the face. Yeah, yeah, Just there we go. Bring it down. There we go. There we go. This right. is serious. I'll think about serious bears. podcast. Yeah. So we have Jillian here. Um, Jillian does jujitsu. Obviously, she's not a poser with this shirt on. Um, what belt are you? Uh, brown belt. You're a brown belt. Yes. And the unique thing about Jillian is you you pick fighters and make fights happen i do i do yes i'm a matchmaker so not for love but for fights so in a in a way i mean i mean they are it's a it can get half naked men sharing a cage together so there's passion involved yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of sweat some blood it's you know some hugging yeah yeah, i think after aggressive cuddling Mm -hmm. it's a good fight with another man like you know him better. You, one could say you love him. Yeah. You're, you, you make love happen. You make love I happen. I know. Okay. All right. So it's not just violence. There's there's love involved too. <laughs> That's yes. good. You're making 
I I think you have a really cool, I guess it's a part-time job. It is. It's, I mean, I consider it a side gig, but I put a lot of time into it. So That's why I thought when I, I, th- I didn't know if it was your full-time gig or not, but I, I assumed that there was a lot of work involved because you kind of, what I know about fighting, you have to really, you know, you profile all these fighters. Yeah, and, yeah. And create. I, it's, I mean, it can be a little hard too because it's not just professionals where there's so much, you know, film and everything out there. Amateurs where someone's coming in, you know, maybe it's their first ever fight. So it's trying to weed out the guys that are just like the street fighters, you know, training in their cousin's garage. <laughs> the guys you know, that are like, when I see red, yeah. bodies oh, yeah. drop. <laughs> You're just like, all right, all right, buddy. <laughs> Daily, I get messages from guys like that, you know, because it's the first question I ask, you know, like, what gym do you train at? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like I go into like, I, my cousin's a boxer. So I train with him every couple weeks and I'm like, so you just think you can step in the cage with that little Be amount like of training? Like streets. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So many street fighters just think they can just sign up for an MMA fights, but it's, you know, it, I, I take a lot of time, you know, putting these fights together because I care. I don't, we don't want to be known as this promotion, like art of war. Like we've got a really good reputation now. Um, and you know, I don't want to set up these fights where they're so lopsided, mm. you know, just to pad someone's record, you know. Well, no, you guys I've, are, you guys have built, you know, a very, when I first saw a fight, how long has it been since Art of War? It seems like. See, I haven't been there since the beginning, but we're. Can I say 10 weeks. years ago? Um, Close to you. I think probably maybe around seven or eight years. Okay. So around. I've been going to these events for a long time and the events have definitely grown in nature so that's really cool to see but everything there's two things you said that are like i picked up on that one the one i want to talk a lot about but it's cool to see you guys get to a point but that all depends on you making good fights and then also bringing fighters to the ring that kind of sell seats yeah, in a way I like mean, when you it's an you, important part too <laughs> you don't want to you don't really like if you have option a and option b and option a has fifty thousand instagram followers and you know used to be a college athlete and this guy over here hates social media and you don't really know anything about him you're kind of like well this guy's going to sell a lot more tickets potentially you know does any of that play into the decisions like the marketability of the fighters it does. It's a little helpful, um, but it really depends. You know, we, we know that not every fighter that's going to come to us is going to be a huge draw. And, you know, even if they don't like social media, you know, they're still training at a gym, you know, especially if they're from this area. They so have you're investing friends, in fighters. So it's, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it, it takes a lot to put these events on. So and we know that these fighters are even amateurs that don't get paid, they're putting in these, you know, eight week fight camps and they're consistently training. We have guys that are available. They would take a fight on like a week's notice because they just train constantly. Mm. So, you know, we want to guys that are just always ready. I know. Like Mm. we had like, you know, we know Alex, like Alex's last fights, he had to get a new opponent. like literally like less than like, I think two days before the day before the one time, the one time it seemed to work out for him. The other time it didn't. Yeah. I mean, that happens. That happens, you yeah. know, in MMA. But, you know, we, we invest our time in these fighters because we want them to be able to showcase their skills, you know, what they've put a lot of time and effort into. So we really want to give them that platform to just show what, what they can do. 
you know? So, and then, you know, the, the respectful fighters that really, you know, get their paperwork on time and a lot of the backstage stuff that goes into these fights. It's not just like, you don't you're just like, show Hey, up I want to fight. And then, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, they have to do a lot of paperwork, medicals, all this fun stuff. And, you know, like the guys who wait till like the day before to get their medicals done, you know, they're a pain in our ass. So it's, and if someone like we've had fighters, you know, just really rude to us. And it's like, those aren't the ones that we want to work with every time. Mm. You know, it's like, it's a relationship, you know, and it's. I think it just sounds like any other business Yeah. at that point. Um, what's cool about what they're doing and kind of what we're doing is you have to make it a big deal for people to come to it especially the guests and like they have fighters we have guests so it kind of it's it's reassuring that model if like you take care of the people that it'll grow slowly over time yeah absolutely. it's really cool to see yeah we've got you know our homegrown art of war fighters that are now in the ufc you know because we knew that they were going to make that level. Like we knew when they were amateurs that they were going to make it to the UFC. So, you know, we, we put a lot of time and effort and marketing into these fighters because we, we knew they were going to make it. And so they still come back to our shows, you know, um, to support our fighters and everything, even though that they are, you know, bigger time fighters, but they still show up and they want to support their teammates that are still on the local and regional level. Mm. Um, so it's, it's we know that we have a good product and they believe in us as well. So that's why they come back. They didn't just like use us for a couple fights, like, which is fine. You know, it's we're a stepping stone. We never expect a fighter to even stay just with us. We want them to do what's best for their career and where they're going. Because honestly, it's like for us, UFC, obviously they have fights every weekend. We don't like, you know, we're going to be four or five, maybe six cards a year, you know, and if we have a fighter that's staying active, we can't really put them on every card that's about to happen. So, um, but you know, we do our best. And then if they want to take another fight elsewhere, then they usually still come back to us because they know that they're going to get a really good fight with us. And now they're still supporting us, you know, with all of their fighters. So, um, you know, they just, they believe in us as well. What does the, like, what does the organization look like f internally in terms of like full-time staff? What kind, what, what does a fight organization like need? What, like, what does that even look like for, yeah. cause none of us, I don't know and nobody <laughs> listening knows. So what, what is the inside of, I mean, I guess there's probably secrets. Every, every company, every business has like, it's like secrets and whatever, but what can you tell us? Yeah. So I will say, I think Art of War is really success, successful because it's, it's actually, it's a family business. So the promoter, Mike Bickings, um, he was the one who started it, um, He's, he's just got this really brilliant mind for marketing, like loves like the professional wrestling aspect of marketing when it comes to fights. Mm -hmm. So that's where he's, you know, gifted with things like that. And then, so he does all the behind the scenes. So he's the one that's getting the venues ready, um, everything like that. And then you have his wife, Deb, who does a lot of the other backstage stuff, like, uh, she handles all of the tickets and everything like that between the fighters. So it's them plus everyone that's working that night on these cards to include like security, um, even people that are selling the merch and taking tickets. Like they're all part of the Bickings family. Like they've known these people for years. So yeah, it's people so that they trust that are working their events. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's it's a family environment. Mm -hmm. You know, like their kids all come to the fights. And are they Amish? So. <laughs> <laughs> okay could you imagine that they're like well they're talking about family and stuff. yeah like, it's i mean that's they what don't it is. sound italian so <laughs> mm. 
But yeah, I, I think that's one of the things. It's just, you know, you it you have to have someone good at the top. And like Mike truly cares about the fighters and wants to make their experience with Art of War like a good one so that they come back. I worked for a different promotion before this. They were not a good promotion. <laughs> like they, Not, not they, all promotions are created equal. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I worked for a previous one that, yeah, I, I don't think they cared if fighters actually came back. Like, they used them for that card, you know, made some money that time. But if they came back, they really didn't care. And so they were not building great relationships with gyms, you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people in that I've seen across all businesses that operate with kind of a, a scarcity mindset where they're like, this is my sandbox. I decide who plays in here. Mm -hmm. And when you're done playing in here, you leave the sandbox or they feel defend. Like the people that ha are more open and caring and have like that open heart to business or I don't, I don't really know how to explain that if Gilmar has like a better way, but they thrive. Yeah. I think the mo the biggest person that everybody knows besides Jesus is Joe Rogan. Mm. Like he has done that to comedy where um, the one guy that works for him that started the podcast with him. Um, what's Red Band. Red Band literally just opened a comedy club like next to Joe Rogan's comedy club. And Joe Rogan helped him open a comedy club. You would think that they're like, you can't open a comedy club right next to me, man. Like that's not cool. But he's literally helping them do it, and it's probably going to help them both. Yeah, it's it's good for comedy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like even for me, like as a matchmaker, I have, I don't have bad relationships with other matchmakers for other promotions. You know, it's like they've reached out to me, like trying to find fighters who they know are, know are available, or if I have someone that I can't find a match for, I'll send their name, you know, to another matchmaker. It's like, hey, this guy's ready to go, you know, if you have something for him. Because in the long run, we're, we're in it for these fighters, you know, like I'm not trying to like hoard all of them for just us, you know, no, it's, these are our fighters. You know, you want to have so. a fight. That's, that's kind of what happened with, um, was it when Dustin Poirier fought Conor McGregor during the coronavirus and fight Island? Mm -hmm. They were trying to set, I, I can't remember exactly what they were trying to do, but they were trying to set up a charity boxing match. And the UFC, and nobody wanted to give Connor a fight at that time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he's like, "All right, I'll fight you." And Twitter, <laughs> they're like, "All right, charity for charity." And then Dana White was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Let's let's do this for money. We're gonna now. do it for we're gonna <laughs> do it for yeah. money. We're gonna call UFC two hundred five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, <ain't> free. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess that brings me back to my first question that I was gonna ask when you you have a very difficult job setting up fights because you're kind of like with no disrespect setting up like schoolyard fights between high school like you have no information on any of these people at least you have social media now yeah but the, the thought that you are coming up some of these people like they've never competed in a jujitsu competition they've mm -hmm. never been in a fight other than like this first opportunity so what goes into interviewing that like We'll, we'll say like the ultimate rookie 
Yeah. So a lot of the times it's, so I get it from both sides. Um, either a coach that we've dealt with in the past, you know, reaches out like, Hey, I have this fighter available or it's a fighter themselves reaching out to me on like Instagram or Facebook. Um, and usually if it's the fighter directly, I have to ask a lot more questions. Is that welcomed? So, Oh, like, absolutely. If yeah. somebody reaches out to you through DMS or something like yeah. that. You, no, it happens yeah. all the time. That's, it's pretty much like even like my phone number is on art awards, Instagram page. You know, okay. so that people can reach out, whether it be a coach or a fighter, you know, but when it comes to a fighter, first thing I'm going to ask is what gym do you train out of? Would your coach approve you to fight? Because I got some guys who just reach out, but if I ask, they're dad probably okay not ready because it's, you know, they don't realize that their coach actually has to fill out paperwork, mm. you know, for them to say like, yes, like this person is good enough to fight. So that starts to weed out some of them, mm. but you know, I try and get a good background on them, you know, um, you know, if they had any college wrestling, what's their jujitsu belts, any boxing or kickboxing matches, how long have they been training? You know, it's, I, I get a full background, even though it's, it's not everything. And, and I'm also trusting them. I mean, I've also had people lie to me too about their experience. Have I'm you had to, anybody lie and then get real beat up? Yes. <laughs> yes. That has <laughs> happened. Why would you do that? Hey, no. Has, yeah. any, has anybody done it to like get beaten up on purpose? Not what on purpose. Fuck? Not on purpose. I but I think have. it's, I you know, know. it's, I, I think part of it's the male ego. They really think that like I can go in there and I can fight and they, they don't realize what goes into it. Like this person like had actually trained before, but definitely was not at the same level as what their opponent was training at. And they came in and it was like, yeah, that was a shit show. Like, at least he didn't get hurt that bad. You but sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's they don't realize that, yes, getting punched in the face kind of hurts a lot. So, um, yeah. yeah. The next day, for sure. Yeah, so it's we've I've had people like that, you know, just lie about their experience. Also, both ways, you know, trying to hide stuff as well. And mm. then I look, like, on someone's Instagram page, and I'm like, oh. Nobody, nobody sandbags. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right? Nobody does that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had, you know, a coach tell me, oh, yeah, this kid started training with me. Like, you know, he's pretty green. And I'm like, okay. So I do a little bit more research on the kid, and I'm like, oh, he was only, like, like a, a national wrestling champ from, like, South America. Like, you know, no big deal. Like, but yet this coach is telling me that they're, you know, a green fighter. And so... <sighs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, so it's like I try to do a little bit of due diligence, you know, if I can find fight film of someone, you know, from another promotion, I'll do that as well. Do you, you ever know? send in spies? Not spies. We don't. We don't need to send in spies. Even though we've had other promotions send in spies for our shows, like to I come was check it out. I would have volunteered. Like, yeah, yeah. No, we we've had people show up that we know work for other promotions, and it's like, I mean, I've probably been accused of being a spy because. I, I support MMA because it's like I train, you know, at an MMA gym. So it's like if I know someone, I've been in this community for a while now. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'll go to our competitors. I'll go to their shows because if someone's fighting that I want to go see, like, I'll go support them. You know, it's like I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll let my promoter know first. Like, hey, I'm going to the show tonight. So if it gets back to you, I'm not jumping ship. Like, I'm just there to watch the fights um, because I'm just a fan in general, too. That um, makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. What? I'm not asking what the other names are because people can just Google that on their own. <laughs> but how many other promotions are in the area and what is the area considered? So, I mean, if, if you're looking in like just Philadelphia, there's really only, there's 
us and one other like bigger name, um, which they usually do a lot more pros on their card rather than amateurs. Mm. Another one came down from New York and they're doing shows down here in Philly. Um, but I just think we're just, we're a different product. You know, I, I don't think like all fight promotions should be cookie cutter like the UFC. Like we don't think we're like that. You know, we want to put on, like we're not trying to just like, like pad some records and, you know, build people up. Like we, we want to make sure that we put on a good show for everyone. So mm. we want to, you know, match up these people, you know, with, who they should be matched up with to test each other's skills, you know? Um, but also we do go out to like Amish country, like for a couple shows a year, because there, there are a lot of gyms out that way too. So, um, wait a minute. Have you ever had an Amish man fight in the cage? We have not. We have not had Amish actually fight. Dude, I'm going to talk but. to my guys. <laughs> you know, some Amish that want to get down. I'm in with, as of this week, I'm, we're negotiating like deals. Dude, you're in with the Amish legitimately that's crazy oh like i'm not kidding like we're gonna there's gonna be like record them coming up on the buggy like to get dropped off at the venue and, <laughs> yeah yeah they I went, fight in a full I went suit to a meeting, <laughs> i went to a meeting this week it was intense yeah ate lunch with the guys they gave you pretzels no there's no pretzels but i got homemade donuts on the way up. oh fuck no way yeah. amish know what to yeah, do nah, andrew yeah. you know it ends a good lunch homemade donut is that what they said? Literally. Dude, <laughs> this little kid just came up and was like. <laughs> that same kid. No way. That same kid legitimately was grilling me the entire time. Didn't say a single. I got him to smirk a couple of times, mm -hmm. but he was looking at me like just kind of like stink eyed the whole time. And I had to ask this, the guy, Daniel. I was like, what's up with your boy, dude? Like, does he not see it? They call us outsiders. Mm. And I'm like, do they not see it? He's like, oh, nice. He's outsiders. I'm like, dude, then what's his beef? Dude, like, you had tattoos on you. That's what I thought. He saw I the tattoos. Like, he, saw, he saw the ear. He saw the he ear. Like, why is that kid's deformity? Yeah. Why has he got a watch on with a screen? It's ectolocation. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a I'm like a fruit bat. <laughs> yeah, now you are. Yeah, 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 this kid this somebody had given these kids kittens recently. Hmm. So they were literally riding around. They all have like these three wheel bicycles. Nice. Or like push scooters. Mm -hmm. And they're all holding kittens by like their necks. These are all like children in the middle of like the day. It's like a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the greatest place. And they don't believe in stuffed animals. <laughs> like, like, no, we're just going to carry around just a, just a live animal. Yeah. Yeah. A live it's, animal, it's not fine. stuffed. It's yeah. fine. Good businessmen. So let's hope, let's hope they don't get into the fight game. <laughs> so hey, that Dana White will be hey, looking over his shoulder. If the Amish get into the fight game, <laughs> Dana, yeah. Uncle Dana will have to worry about that. That's going to be some real organic fighting right there. Yeah. Some yeah, real natural real, shit. Yeah, like spirit of the earth type yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Blessed. Should, should make you feel something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you go to a show out there, it's like... It's great, though. The The, the shows out there are a way different vibe than the shows in Philly. They are completely different. So? so when you come to like a show in Philly, you get the tickets because you know a fighter usually. that That's what happens. You know, it's like people are selling to like their family, friends, teammates, all that stuff. It's like we rarely get someone just walking up saying like i just want to go watch the fights you no know, there's gotta be someone. there's gotta be like the single father who gets their kids for that weekend and he's like hey kids i sold that there's gonna be a fight this weekend <laughs> that's that's very small like it's, it's just not that many but when we go out there like middle of nowhere pennsylvania that is like everyone who shows up because there's nothing else to do that night it's where yeah. they're at they're like oh yeah fights are coming to town and they are like the most respectful crowd, like, you know, it's like you go to some MMA fights and you hear the guy, you know, like 
grabs dick and twists it, yeah. and that's yeah. that's exactly yelling. what I was thinking. Like, about. so you get that's that. the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> grabs dick and twists it. So you get those people at the normal the normal MMA fights, but you go into Amish country, and it's like people are so respectful. Like they're cheering for both sides, and you know they just want everyone to win. It seems like like it's right. they're just happy crowds out yeah. there. They're I'll not. agree a hundred percent with this. So <laughs> I have an Amish like where she's talking about like i have i have a question for you we went to see alex fight out in the country mm -hmm. and there was a certain halftime performer oh god <laughs> michael jackson yep. impersonator. yep that did nah. not go well in philly when we did that before where is this like how do we no way like this is she's uncovering the plot here we had to have somebody from the organization on to find michael mm. this guy put on the performance of a lifetime i hope he was paid Oh, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that's he had multiple outfits. He changed mm -hmm. in between songs, like in the cage. Like, I think he the injured himself dancing he as well. He did. That's um, why I was he hoping did? he got hit. Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah. What yeah. Did he do? I think Committed. he went into it and just, I don't know. I think he messed up his knee. Like, we've uh, been talking to people about <laughs> Michael Jackson. My wife and I have been telling people at like dinners for months about this. That fight was in November, I think. Sometime in the yeah, I think yeah. like October of last year. Yeah, it was in the fall or mm -hmm. the winter time. We had such a mild winter; it's all October to me. Yeah. Mm. Um, this <laughs> guy, I came, I went, I took Rambo outside, let him go to the bathroom, brought him back into the arena, and walked in, and it was like just to be about halftime. Alex had already fought. Everybody's drinking, and the crap, the lights go. And Michael Jack, I was, what is going? On. And the performance went on for a long time. It was probably at least a good twenty minute. Performance. No way! Like it? in the middle of an MMA cage during the intermission, like, and, and that was the second was time we've used him too. Like, uh, first time though was in Philly. That that no, oh, that, wait, didn't, so that was the no. that was the second second time. time we've used him. Like we used him before at a show we did at the twenty three hundred so Arena, and you thought maybe it would go differently, not in Philly. I, see, it wasn't up to me. <laughs> that was not my call. That was all my promoter's call because he loves him. He loved the performance the first time and wanted to bring him back. Excellent. But in Philly, it was just nonstop booze. I'm pretty sure people were throwing drinks into the cage. What? Like it was, it was not happening during that show. So I think that's why they decided when they were bringing him back to do it more like out in the Amish country where the crowd is a little bit more tame. And mm, we'll see, yeah, yeah, so we had a much better audience that time, like do the you, second time we Do you back. think Philly rides for Michael Jackson and that's why they were mad about it? Or do you think they don't like Michael Jackson? I just think it was the wrong crowd. Um, I think, you know, it's just when you're in South Philly and you're there to watch fights, I think people, they just want to watch fights. You got to go into like, it with an open don't, mind. I know. I, I don't think they were I expecting that. I wish you saw it. You sprained a knee moonwalking? What happened? I didn't bring the right camera to like get it. Like, oh, the, the footage like, isn't good. Yeah. But and like, it was like, did something and I think I don't know, maybe like a stud off. or something, yeah. like ripped a hole in our canvas too. They had to like tape it up like oh, afterwards. And yeah, that's because he brought his yeah. shoes into the canvas. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, so it was Michael, like, yeah, his yeah, name, uh, he might, I don't know, Michael Junkie Jackson. Did he look like him? He didn't, he, he looked like an unhealthy Michael Jackson, <laughs> which like if you say that about Michael Jackson, like, 
did he look that healthy in the beginning with? <laughs> you know, you look like an unhealthy, unhealthy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> Not good. But I, I have no disrespect for the guy. It was like the commitment that he put into this. Oh, I bet. And nobody was like, yeah. Everybody was like, what? Dude, like 20 just, minutes. Like just, what was happening. And just was, was just, and sent it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I think it was like we had to get him out because I think the commission was like, um, your intermission is going over. We need to wrap this up and let's keep the show going. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're just, we're different. You know, it's, it, they they just want to make sure that the fans have a fun experience, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what it is. Sometimes it's not just fighting and they just want to do stuff like that. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but um, I have a sick sense of humor. Yeah, I thought that would have been sick. Like, I would have had a good time. I, like, I laugh when I'm getting beat up. Like, yeah, I got yeah, that's true. Yeah, Michael Jackson's that. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm going to ask about Evan. And if you can't say anything about it, we'll just like abruptly cut it. Like you said something racist. Or I said something <laughs> <laughs> there's, the there's rumors of Evan fighting in the fall. I mean, he has definitely come to us about about wanting to fight. Um, I don't know if this is going to be with us or with another promotion, but yes, he has he has talked to us about it. So it's just the one thing I, I will say. Like, I mean, it's it's notorious that the PA State Athletic Commission is one of the strictest in the countries. Yeah, so, that, that's like I was gonna start asking about like what that seems to be a problem. Yes. For, like, at least an obstacle for him. So are they an obstacle or are they easy to work with? Um, no comment. Boop. Yeah. I mean, cause I've had my own separate experiences with it. Like, I mean, I got denied to fight in PA based on like my age and stuff. And so it's, uh, yeah. So is that because, they obviously had, they serve a purpose and like, to be fair to those commissions and things in every state, like they do have a job to do and some of them are too good at it. <laughs> right. So what, what like can, can a, if a fighter is having a hard time with a commission, like we won't single any one of them out. Yeah. Like it's- what it's like, how, how, what's the recourse? Like how does a fighter get seen? Is there like, a board that they can go in front of. There's no, no. phone number. It's just purely <laughs> up to them. Yeah, it's well, it's just the the athletic commissioner has the final say. Like he he actually approves or disapproves all the fights in Pennsylvania, and so he's, one guy, one guy, signs. one guy. Mm. Um, you know, it's you can get. And is that like an elected position? Or is um, that it like- is not elected. It is appointed by the governor of Pennsylvania. Okay. So. Um, so if you really want to fight and you're having a really big problem fighting, you wait for a governor's election, you make <laughs> friends with the governor, and then you make sure he appoints an athletic commissioner that could be favorable to you. Basically. Otherwise, I mean, you're... That's, that's easy, right? It's like, it's... I mean, or I'll just say, just big? go fight in New Jersey, you know? Mm. Um, <laughs> so we, we've had that, you know? It's just some people, you know, we're, we're trying to get them fights. The commissioner says no for whatever reason he says, and there's no changing his mind. You know, we've tried, you know, sometimes in some scenarios, he just says no. So... Then why, like, 
why it, or maybe this isn't the case like if a fighter's having a hard time with the commissioner he can't necessarily just go to another promotion unless it's in a different state mm-hmm. with a different commotion commissioner basically yep. yeah so hmm. it's they're gonna have to fight in a different state maybe just get one more fight in somewhere else and then try and come back and fight in pa because i will say i mean it, it's good and bad like it's great that they they care about protecting fighters because you can go to some other states like alabama where there's not really like or Louisiana that's barely got an athletic commission and they just approve any fight that comes across them. So it might be like an eight and no fighter fighting someone that's like two and 10 and, and if, they have no problem <laughs> with it. So, and if there's no Jillian there to like be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I this mean, this guy's a murderer. He just got out last week. <laughs> right. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. So it's some promotions don't care, you know, it's, and you guys primarily fight in PA. We're only in PA. That's correct. Yeah. So is we, they're like licensing Philly. and stuff involved in that. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to move into another state, we would have to basically work with a different athletic commission. So for whatever state, so if we wanted to do fights in New Jersey, it can be completely different. Um, even between these two states, like Pennsylvania, we like Pennsylvania because we can do pro Amy shows, which means it's we have amateur fights and professional fights. If we were to go in New Jersey, it's one or the other. It's either all amateur or all pro, and you can't mix them. So just because that's like just that's how they the do rules it. Are, I wonder what the logic is. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. It's probably so not worth thinking about. <laughs> 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 so every state is, you know, completely different. Even amateur rules are completely different in, in every state. So, so what are the rules for amateurs? Because in different states, I've seen like sometimes you have to wear shin pads. Sometimes you don't. Right. Yep. Yep. Looks, so what are the major, I guess, differences um, from amateur to pro and I guess state to state? Like, yeah. Yeah. That? So really like it's state to state, like Pennsylvania for amateur fights. Um, it's, it's for fighter protection, but I will say, I don't think it sets them up very well in the long run if they want to turn pro just because amateur fighters, it's two minute rounds, um, no ground and pound to the face. Yeah. No head kicks, no knees to the face. Um, they're wearing their shin guards. So it's like two minutes is just not that much time. So anyone with decent amount of wrestling can come in, probably take someone down and just keep them Control down for it. two minutes, you know? So it's it's hard to do something in two minutes. So especially if you get taken down, sometimes it's hard to get back up. Um, so it, it's very... Uh, restrictive it is it is very Mm. you know so then once they're ready to go pro it's they're not used to doing the five minute rounds they're not used to head kicks or anything like that you know so whereas they can go to another state and get full pro rules there um where they get experience as an amateur before they're a pro does that happen yeah because each state is different i think um what state turns out the most like ufc fighters i guess or a pro MMA fighter. I mean, there's, it just really depends on, you know, the level of gyms that they have, but you see a lot like in California, California, their amateur rules are similar to pro rules. So they have longer rounds, you know, they don't have to wear the shin guards and it's very similar to a professional fight. Whereas it's Pennsylvania kind of funny. is just not. California, high taxes, no rules. Mm. <laughs> in the cage. Yeah. No rules allowed. It, you just pay the taxes. Yeah. yeah. Paying you taxes just, makes up for it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would so. think Florida would have like the ultimate rules. Yeah, no, Florida. I, I think I, I don't really know like their amateur rules down in Florida, but I mean they do have a lot of promotions down there. They have a lot of fight camps down there, a lot of teams, a lot of big teams because you know 
nice weather year round and so mm. they got people trained in there all the time. So you see a lot of big names that come out of Florida, especially you got ATT down in South Florida where yeah, they have a really lot big. of the big names in the UFC. Um, so, but we have a lot around here too. Um, there's no shortage of talent in the tri-state area. So we don't really have to bring that many people in from outside of this area just because we have so many to pick from here. So it's, and it's, it's great just because now you can get the problem, you know, with amateurs is, you know, they don't get paid. So the only money they make is if they sell tickets. So or gambling. Or gambling. Like they just take everything and, Which you know, go in the casino illegal. after their fights. Like, it's fine. Hey, we're, we're a casino show. Our next one, like, just throw it all on the slots. Right? What do we got to so. do to get you guys on DraftKings? Yeah, I was going to ask that. Can we bet on Art of War? Um, or do you guys need like a bookie wink wink? Yeah. You want a I, little underground? I know. Not, I just know. kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Commission kidding. <laughs> it's just, I think it's tough um, when it comes to like, so I actually worked like HR for like a sports betting company for a while. Okay. So I do have a little bit of background in like sports betting. Ooh. And um, so what you see is there's actually, so even though you do like sports betting, like if you're like betting like MMA or football or anything. So if you, there's actual physical locations for these sports betting companies, like the one I worked for, you actually have, guys that are considered traders who are watching sports and they're like manually adjusting betting lines. So it's not just all algorithms being used. It's there's manual adjustments as well. Um, We've noticed because some of you guys, if any of you are listening, you're trash at setting the odds in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is though, because yeah, the last company I worked for, the people that did like the MMA stuff, they had no idea, like, about fighting. Like, none whatsoever. We've like, noticed. It was, it was so weird. And so it was just, I'm like, what, what, do you, what is the point of even watching this and, like, adjusting things if you have no clue what's going on? Mm. It's so. always the best when the fighting, the odds are set in the beginning. You're like, I'm not betting on this one. It's bullshit. And then literally the match starts, and then 30 seconds, 34 seconds, 40 seconds, boom, odds change big time. Right. Like, and then suddenly uh, it's like a plus 1,500, uh, and you're like, what just happened? Oh, he led it's with like, a head kick, and you realize you messed up your odds. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's like Connor's always favorite. I'm like, he hasn't fought in two years. Yeah. Why is he the favorite? Always the favorite. Stuff like that. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, dude, That's really, we hammered questions right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. This is a it's a cool profession. Yeah, because it, it, you it, said it's part time, but it sounds like it, a lot it, I goes put, into I it. I put so much into it, and I think like even though I'm just like I just call myself a matchmaker, I think my promoter like trusts my opinion in other areas too. So we're literally on the phone like every day talking about these cards, you know, about who I have like as prospects, and you know, just other things we want to do, where we want to set up our next venue, um, you know, because we always want to get bigger and better locations you know that will make sense for you the fighters so it. right exactly so it's like we have our show coming up um at live casino in philly this is our second time doing a show there um and then our next venue um we're going to be at valley forge casino which is an even bigger venue like they've they hold over 3,000 people you know in their venue so we're just looking at that's awesome you know just getting bigger you know and growing because live casino our tickets basically sold out immediately Damn. just because we had we had our our big name fighters on this card and so you know when we have these guys that are so well known in Philly these guys some of these guys are selling like 200 300 tickets just by themselves well i mean if you, you know? train so, if you train at a good gym mm -hmm. you should have 
25 to 50 tickets sold right there. Yeah. Husbands and wives, girlfriends and boyfriends. Like, dude, it's easy. Like, I, I think you have to put effort into sell tickets. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I, I don't want to use the word easy, but if you put the work in, you shouldn't have a hard time selling tickets unless everybody hates you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they hate you, they want to go see you get beat up. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there is also <laughs> an angle too. to that, being the heel. Yeah. Um, do you have, like, who are, like, the up-and-comers, or are there people that you have fighting right now that are, like, you have to come see now? Yeah, so we've got, um, basically, uh, we've got a couple actually fighting on our next card on June 23rd. So we have Earl T- Trouble Small. Um, he's basically one maybe two wins away from the ufc um so he's which right one there. is this all the fight cards up yeah here? so these are if our we, fight pros so he's probably going to be a little bit further down because it's been a little bit um his fight got announced like a while ago um okay because also we just had another show so there's him yeah so him like he's right there right in the middle there yep yep so yeah He's, he's one of the big guys in Philly, um, trains out of 302 BJJ, um, has been a staple in this area, has really good grappling, has been a black belt for a really long time. Um, but he's he's definitely um, maybe like one or two wins away before getting to the big show. Um, yeah, write, so. write that down, Gummer. Damn, that's, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, so he, he's, he's... So that's June 23rd. That's two yep. weeks away. Yep, two weeks this away. This show will come out f- before that, so that's good. If you want to get tickets to that. Um, yeah, they'll be, they might already be sold out, but there'll be a couple more available at the door just because some fighters turn in tickets at weigh-in, so we have a couple left that we that we can sell at the door, but... We know it's going to be a sellout because um, we've got so far, I think, like twelve fights on this card, and the the venue makes a lot of difference. I think probably it because does. if you can go to a fight and you leave and you go to your car and then go home, or if you go to a fight and then you go out of the fight and there's like a bar there and then it becomes a night. Like yeah. I think that probably helps your promotion if it becomes a more of like a whole thing, like you can come eat dinner and then go to the fight or different things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Am I wrong? Plus, oh yeah, no, uh, people definitely, they want to make a whole night out of it. So, um, so especially at live, they have all these options to eat beforehand. Um, you know, they can gamble. And then plus we do a, an after party um, at one of their bars there. Uh, so that people can show up to afterwards, hang out with the fighters and any of the special guests that we have, you know, that night. So we have that as well. So um, and the live um, venue that's down by like the stadiums. right? Yeah, they're right next to like if you were on like one of the parking levels, you can look into basically where the Phillies play like they're right next door. So that's really um, cool. Yeah, it's really easy to get to love that venue. This is our second time that we've been in there. Um, and we'll definitely have more fights in there in the future. Um, because every time we go into something like that, we just sell out completely. So obviously the casinos are going to like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so we have Earl. Yes. Who's, and then, who, who else we got? So our other one, which will be like our co-meet event. So we've got a uh, Matt Turnbull. He has been with Art of War um, for a while. Um, so he's, pr- he's probably down a little lower. Isn't that the one in the center, Tomber? Yes, and actually, yes. Abdul? Yes. And actually, I love both of these guys. Um, 
uh, Asan Abdullah has fought for us previously as well. So he's coming back. He's just from New York City. Um, but he's a super talented striker. Um, Matt Turnbull, he trains here uh, in Philly at Martinez BJJ. And, um, you know, he he's really, he's another one. He's got aspirations for the big show. You know, he had a little, like some bumps First starting out, and now he's building his record back up, you know, to to get to where he's going to get noticed. But he's a really talented striker and grappler. He's he's just a very well-rounded fighter, um, really popular in this area, too. So he's another one. A lot of people come out to see him fight. So he's made a lot of fans over the years. So I'm really excited to watch him fight again. Did Sean Brady ever fight in Art of War? He did not. He did not. But he does. He was just at our last show, you know, cornering people. Um, yeah, I bet. So we, we get a lot of a lot of the UFC fighters, you know, they're, they're still working at their gym and they want to come out and support their teammates. And they're also cornering and things like that. So we get like the Dacus brothers are there that usually corner people. Uh, Sean Brady was just at our last card cornering a fighter. So, you know, we get a lot of the local guys that are supporting their teammates in that sense. It's cool. And I think that's reflective um, on at least the sport of jujitsu that, you know, that mentality of taking care of your training partner. Yeah. It's cool to, to see when somebody, you know, quote unquote makes it big time that they're coming back to, you know, help out or still participate where they started. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that happens in other sports too, but I think it's very easy for it to happen in this sport because it's so such a supportive environment in order for anyone to train. You need all that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool to it's, hear. it's not like, um, so even though you're in the cage by yourself, you didn't go through your whole training camp by yourself. So it is technically a team sport because... You know, you just can't get to the UFC just working on a heavy bag. You know, unless you, you're the guy that just sees red. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. see me when I see yeah. red. Bro. Yeah, just <laughs> got a chest tat. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I've got a tattoo, but don't take a picture. But my mom doesn't know. <laughs> Photoshop it out, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me ask you again. <laughs> I see red right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy that goes to the arcade and like punches that thing, and then his girlfriend goes up and. And like blasts it and hits like a thousand pounds harder than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he's still gonna try and correct her on her form. Like, yeah. oh no, no, you need to turn your hand over yeah, this way. Yeah. And it's okay though. It's okay. Yeah, it was reading your ground momentum. <laughs> 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 that sounded like almost too good. Like I might have heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> I like, think you might have heard that at a even I could have used it before on like an ex-girlfriend, be like, oh man, you just shamed me. <laughs> <laughs> Got it's me. funny because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it did uh, actually happen. Yeah, that's... Oh, man, it's been a good show. We had a good time here. Mm -hmm. It's like what? I like talking about like MMA and jiu-jitsu all the time, so it's... Yeah, you had you had a, a match recently. I did. That was a pretty did. big deal. Yeah, I... um So... Like, that's my kind of my one thing is I do like to compete, but I don't get to compete locally a lot because I think once you get promoted up in belts, there's just not a lot like it thins out the competition. You know, there's mm. not as many people available. And obviously, I'm not like a smaller girl. So it's that that makes it even smaller field of people to pick from. Okay. So um, so I don't usually get like almost everyone in this area that's like my belt or my size, I've gone against them like multiple times because that's just pretty much what happens. And yeah, so I 
uh, did like what's called an absolute tournament. So it was just 16 women, all belt levels, all weights, you know, it was just tournament formats and yeah, so it was a lot of fun. So with a new promotion, uh, called place of peace, BJJ, um, they'll have actually their second card coming up this Sunday and I'm going to be on that one as well. Oh, so they asked me to come back place for a different of match. Peace. Yep. Place of BJJ. peace. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, That's yeah. So great. yeah, so they, uh, they've actually been like, like sponsoring like, uh, jujitsu athletes like for years, like, no and cool. so now they started to put on cards, basically, um, grappling cards. So the one I was just on a couple weeks ago, they, that was their very first one. So it's just over in New Jersey and South Jersey. And then this one coming up this Sunday, it's a men's absolute. So it's like a 16 man absolute tournament, any belt, any size. But then I have a separate match, um, like just, just a jiu-jitsu super fights against a girl actually that's coming up all the way from Florida for this match. So she's driving. Who's the girl that's driving up from Florida to get smashed? <laughs> <laughs> Got no shot. Coming up my girl. <laughs> we're gonna no put, shot. We're gonna put it out on that YouTube. Yeah, right. You remember the last time we did this? Yeah, for Logan. Yeah, for Logan. That was so funny. We had a kid on here. We, we we're gonna have him back on. I was talking to him a few days ago. We gotta right, have him yeah. back on before he gets famous. Yeah, we, we might actually to. introduce him to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So we had this kid. I'll send you the link to like the reel from that episode. Comes on. He got in a. He had a fight with a buddy of ours, Muay Thai fight. And all respect to our buddy, this kid Logan showed up yeah. for yeah. the fight. Yeah, he did show up. And yeah. he was much younger. We did not know this at the time. Yeah. Shows up to the podcast. I love you, Logan. His dad drove him here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's my pops. And just like walks in and he's literally got a shirt on that says Henny ain't no thing or something. No, it was like Henny thing is possible. Henny, Henny, Hennessy, or if it's the Hennessy shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, uh, so we're like, oh, shit. Like we're talking. And then like midway through the show, I'm like, wait, how old are you? And he's like 17. And we're like, oh, shit. You've had like serious fights. You're 17 years old. <laughs> And we start talking about how he had like this street fight. Was is this it? The uh, can we watch it? Is the audio going to come through? Yes, yeah, this is the Boss Cos Royal Rumble story, though. Yeah, let's listen to this one though. This was part. This was the f before I started training. I actually broke my leg in a fight. Oh no way! Yeah, it was Sp like sparring, sparring, or like no, no, no. I had some like legit beef with some kid in high school. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Yeah. High school fights. I was sitting there. Let's get this going. Which was and like we were at the, uh, we're six at months the ago. Mall, the Deffert Mall. And we're outside the Boscos. <laughs> <laughs> the Boscos Royal Rumble. <laughs> you know, I still hate this guy. I mean, I don't really hate him. But Bro, I, like, just this like there's plenty there's plenty of hate here. Y'all hate fine. him for you. There was a hole. I was low-key winning the fight. You know, I hooked him, he dropped to the ground. I start rushing him. He grabs me and he falls on me, but there's my leg is stuck in a hole. So my body falls, but my leg is staying stays in the hole. In front of Boscovs? In front of Boscovs. Dude, we got to get this hole fixed. Yeah. They don't. They should have had the we hole fixed. Yeah. They, the fight was scheduled. <laughs> so this kid came in and he just we laughed so hard this whole episode. He had us going. Yeah. He was and great. he was just like his energy was great. And there was something about it that, like, when he left, man, I, I said, I forget what exactly I said to him, but I was like, dude, like, if you ever need anything, like, I feel like you really, like, in 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at you in the UFC because he was so young at the time. This was two years ago, probably, when we recorded that, that he was just training more, like, he was fresh. They were molding him. Yeah. And it was, like, people our age 
you wrestled or you did jujitsu. Everybody did karate, but everybody has like their sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas kids his age are they're doing everything. They like, they they're coming up with everything. Everything. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I think it's starting to happen already. With um, who's that? Who that really big wrestler that just got into the UFC? But um, Bo Jackson, I think his name is. And everybody was like, "This fight's just going to be a massacre because it's like." Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, Bo, Bo Jackson. Jackson. I'm like, Bo Jackson. Like the, I'm like, yeah, he's going for player. like that third I'm trying sport. To think, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think here. I'm like, who? yeah, I'm terrible with names. No, that's fine. I had no idea who you were talking about. So, <laughs> yeah, so he came and just dominated. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna level the sport up even even more. So, oh, absolutely. Like even at the gym I train at, it's like we offer like kids MMA classes. So it's like they're like they're seven years old and they're getting like overall MMA classes already. So it's like, we've got some killers that are like 14 years old that like murder grownups because they've been training jujitsu, you know? It's so for, cool to see. Yeah, my I nephew, try to tell now. people about it and like parents don't believe me. Yeah, it's good. My nephew's doing uh, MMA or well, jujitsu right now. He's doing, he's a, that kid's, a, he's going to be an athlete. Yeah. He's, I think he's maybe six or seven years old. He's almost my height, just thick as hell, wears his dad's shirts. Like, and they have him doing MMA, and I'm like, that's where you should be. This kid should be playing football or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely send him into the the cage. Yeah, 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 dude. He's big (laughs) as hell. Screw the NFL. They've got got enough talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Right. Right. You get the same amount of brain damage, and you don't get paid as much. (laughs) I think you probably get less brain damage in the UFC compared to, like, certain positions in football. Yeah, certain positions. You're practicing, like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, well, there is sparring. Yeah. See, but then also you you see like gyms, they have like a different approach to sparring now. Like, Mm. you know, old school way is where they would do like hard sparring all the time where it was like, it was almost like a fight. But then they realize, you know, like you're just getting so banged up before a fight. And it's like, there's no point in taking all that like brain damage just for sparring to prepare for a match. So they're doing more like lighter sparring you know, now where it's a lot more like drilling base, more about speed, less about power, you know? So it's there. So they're going into fights a little bit healthier because they're not just getting smashed constantly. That makes a lot of sense. What, um, what gym do you consider home? So I train out of NPR endurance MMA in Langhorn. So that's been my home gym for almost 10 years now. Um, I started there and you know, it, I'm still, I'm a jujitsu instructor there now. So I teach five classes a week. Um, and you know, I got into like the instructing part about like two years ago. Just, I mean, I just, I love the sport so much. So (laughs) I just, I really addicting, you know, and it's just, I thought that, you know, I could really share my knowledge, you know, of it. And so it just, especially since COVID, you know, we just like really exploded as a gym. And I mean, we've probably got the, we've definitely got like the biggest facility in Bucks County. Um, I think the marketing that um, Eric's done there is also um, comparative to other gyms. A lot of them have stepped up but I think he was one of the first people I saw taking advantage of social media Mm -hmm. the way he was, which hats off to him locally. I think that really helped his business and that's a testament to him as like an operator. Um, But the environment there, the times that I've been there is really great. The people are always really great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we pride the gym on, you know, having like a really friendly, happy environments. Like we want, 
like we want everyone to come train even if you're just like like you know and we're technically in the suburbs so it's like we get a lot of parents you know that want to come try us out and you know we treat everyone equally if they're just a hobbyist coming in to one or two classes a week to our major competitors like one of our coaches fights in the UFC Pat Sabatini and mm. you know and he still teaches classes there you know he's in the UFC but he still teaches um so he's giving back and everything as well so you know we just we want to be welcoming to everyone um especially you know all ages all genders because you know at least for for women, you know, this kind of environment's super scary, you know, especially for a gym like us, like we're an MMA focused thing. Like you first thing when you walk in the door, you just see like a ginormous MMA cage and guys are just like beating on each other. So if you're like, especially like a woman that's coming in first time, like trying out a class, it can be a little scary. So what do you as like, I guess, what advice do you have for women or do you have for just people in general to like help get more women in the gym because it is a goal to a lot of like the gym owners i know it's always a goal to get more women in the gym yeah but it just always still seems to be an obstacle yeah so i mean representation really helps um you know having like a female instructor you know and having you know everyone that's taking class is respectful of you know that instructor um i get treated the same as any guy that's there you know so because i knew my shit um you well, you've are like that go that that's not just because like you, you deserve that respect because regard of your regardless of your gender that it's earned yeah yeah, yeah. so and i think that's one of the big things it's like you know we make sure that like the women that are taking the classes, they're helping each other out. You know, they, we don't want like a caddy environment where it's, you know, they want to make sure that everyone's welcome. And also, you know, training with the men can be like a little scary at first. Um, but Tell I'm me about sure. it. Some of you guys are fucking out of control. <laughs> I know some of you guys are on the sauce. I'm not going to mention names here, but like some of you guys are just getting stronger week to week and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right so it's like and you don't shower <laughs> yeah the stinky guys man i've had to have a lot of those and if you don't have a well. be if you don't have the five o'clock shadow shave it like you get like that fucking 80 grit sandpaper face nobody wants that and you're not training shirtless that's just gross yeah um. yeah that's wild <laughs> i've never done that yeah who does that like this is not 80 cc's like you are not like put yeah. a shirt on when you're training let's think about I ourselves here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I make sure that like all the men are controlled enough to go with the women, you know, that they're not, you know, just trying to Hulk smash them. Basically, you know, they're working on their technique. They're letting people work as well because it's scary. You know, a lot of the women sign up for the self-defense aspect and it's gets you more confidence if you are ever in that situation where you might have to use some of this stuff. Mm. So it's, you know, we never force like the women to to have rounds with men it's only when they're comfortable but i want to make sure that the men are being good training partners for the women as well you know because if they're just assholes to them then the women aren't going to come back and um you know i've i've been at trained at gyms before where i there would be like a class of like 50 people yet i'd be the only woman not at my gym now like i i've cross trained at like many other gyms and you know you just knew it was a bad environment. Like if you're the only woman in a 50 person class, like I think like obviously there, there's probably an issue there and there was, you know, they just didn't like training with women. They wouldn't give you the time of day, you know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, 
it's so it's it's tough but we want to make sure that you know that women are getting the same training as everyone else and they're they're getting what because everyone wants something different out of the sport you know it's not everyone has the same goals or or the same intentions when they first join so we want to make sure that they're they're getting something out of this you know, so I don't want anyone to ever feel left behind or anything like that. So it's, I mean, it's a very beneficial sport. Gilmar and I have a mutual friend, uh, Tyler, that, you know, we were, I worked very hard on trying to get, I, I try to get everybody a downside to being friends with me is like, I try and get you to train jujitsu. It's a warning. And with him, he was like one of the first people that actually like took me up on it and he got so committed to it. And like watching how it changed his life. I think it should be open to anybody. I mean, it's changed my life too. It, it, regardless of like what your abilities are or your gender or size or anything, it benefits everyone in such a way that I think everyone should change jiu-jitsu. So it's cool to hear that you guys are approaching it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, even though I tell people on day one, like, hey, you're probably going to get someone's like, ball sack on your forehead at one point like mm. it's gonna happen to everyone it's gonna be uncomfortable but just stick with it you're gonna have more good times than bad but there are gonna be bad days so it's yeah. just the people that keep coming back um you know they're gonna get the most out of it yeah i mean like the ball sack on the head's tough <laughs> but nothing's worse than like a labia lock you know what i'm saying like when a girl's like really better than you and she just knows it yeah she's like i'm just gonna smash you up here and just sit on your head <laughs> It happens. Dang. Not a lot, though, as we've learned. As we've learned. We could happen. Could happen more if more ladies trade. Yeah. What's up? Right? It's like, no, I don't care. Like, you just you just try and smash the guys back. Like, you, it's maybe, perfectly fine. Maybe the women, like, the I see red, I think that might have originated with women. And then, like, some guy just picked it up from his mom or something or his sister. Like, I see red. Like, that's something my mom would say when we were kids. Like, oh, I can only see red right now. I'm going to beat your ass. And then I just took it to the playground. <laughs> right? That's why women don't train. They're just confident. Ready to go. They're badass. That's how it is. There's a guy that's training at NPR right now that I've seen a fight, I think, one or two times now. A younger guy. I think he's actually right there. In the upper left-hand corner. Chase Moeller. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are what? What's the hot hot take on this young guy? He seems he's seen. I don't know anything about him, <laughs> so I'm literally speaking out of my. What's his name? Chase Moeller. Chase Moeller. I'm yeah. Chase. I'm purely speaking out of my ass. <laughs> this kid's this kid's definitely gonna be like the Chael Sonnen or like Conor. Yeah, McGregor. you can't you can't put a microphone in front of his face. He like, seems like he's got a lot he, to say. He absolutely, he will say the most ridiculous things because he just, uh, oh, I loved it. He just turned 20 a couple days ago. So he's still younger. I think he has the mentality of like a 12 year old, though, you know, uh, maybe we maturity could set up a level. Fight. So, Boss Cobb's Royal Rumble. <laughs> him and, him and Logan. Yeah, we'll get the hole patched. <laughs> he yeah, actually, so. I think he weighs a considerable amount more. Yeah, he looks much bigger he than beef. Logan. Yeah, he's a beefy kid. Do you think he is? He, does he have a bright future? Oh, absolutely. In, in yes. He so seems this very is, dominant. He is, he is all in. Like, he is training multiple times a day. Like, his goal is to be in the UFC. Like, I can see that energy been, come out last time I saw him fight. He's been training at NPR since he was a child. Like, so he started as a kid there, wrestled a little bit in high school. After he was done with the high school, he's like, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. And so 
He's now 4-0 as an amateur fighter, as an amateur fighter just won his first title for Art of War. Um, wow. So he's and he's actually going to be on this grappling card with me on Sunday. So he's got a match coming up. So he just stays busy. So it's not just that like he gets always ready. You know, yes. So he's ready for whatever challenge, you it know. It makes a lot of sense to me. There's um who's Patty Pimblet gets like insanely gains a lot of weight in between yeah. fights. And it doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of like you're a mercenary. Like those, like Navy SEALs, Special Forces, Marines, like whatever they're like, they're always ready to get deployed, right? And like we know mutual people like this. Mm. Why do fighters sometimes, like your profession, like you have to be ready at all times, in my opinion, as a fighter. And if you're not ready in between fights, even if you're not planning to fight, like are you a fighter? Or are you just like kind of just casually? You wouldn't see like Lance Armstrong like pulling his bike off and dusting it off. Like, yeah, we're gonna ride next week. Tour de France. Like you're always riding. Mm -hmm. So that's always weird to me when fighters aren't all committed to it. Yeah, I think one of the biggest examples, like in the UFC, was Johnny Hendricks. Um, yeah. He was one just like Patty Pimblett, like ballooned up in weight between fights and very talented. And yeah, exactly. But you know, gained so much weight in between then it just does a toll on your body trying to keep cutting that much. So especially as you get older, it's just not going to work. Like, keep doing that. And so that's why Hendrix had problems making weight and everything. You know, it just really, you know, it, it messed with his career. You know, if you're trying to lose that drastic amount of weight in between and you're just doing these constant, you know, weight cuts of, like this huge proportion like it's, yeah, your body likes stability yeah so it's you know you're just messing your body up for later on in life and it's i think it shortens your fight career and everything you know if you're just either just eating a lot more or whatever it is you know not training you know then that means like you can't take a good opportunity on like you know six weeks notice even for someone like patty because he needs like eight weeks to be able to lose that much weight for a fight so it's like you're, you're missing out on some opportunities as well. Because I know it's, if you don't have like, oh, I need eight weeks minimum, you know, to prepare for something. Like, but what if something happens, you know, and you, you know, they offer you a different fight or something that would yeah. make sense for your career. But it's like you can't do it because you're too heavy. You know, it's for someone that's still, even though he has a lot more notoriety than a lot of the other fighters uh at his level with only like a few fights in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Obviously he's, he's like one of the next like big stars, but he doesn't have that many UFC fights, you know, mm -hmm. it's, he still has to prove himself like in the cage, obviously. So it's, yeah. he's not, he's doing himself a disservice yeah. in his career by doing what he's doing to his body in between. Mm -hmm. So, so when you're looking at fighters, you obviously look at like their discipline in other aspects of their life as kind of like a precursor to how they'll perform? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, we've had fighters that have had like, you know, weight issues, like they come in a little heavy and it's like, you know, when it happens like once or twice, we're like, all right, well, maybe that weight's not meant for you. Like we, we just can't, I don't, you can tell us so you're blue in the face that you're going to make the weight, but you haven't shown it like the last couple yeah, times. Yeah, you can and only it's cut like, so much. You know, and it's like the commission will only allow certain amounts like of, you know, weight difference, you know, between two fighters. And we don't want to risk cancellation if someone is too far over and there's too big of a miss. So it's like, you know, if now suddenly it's like eight pounds difference between the fighters, 
you know, it's like the commission might just call off fights. And like, that's a nightmare for us to have a fight called off at weigh-ins, you know, because of like that, right? Like, so it's like now people have to try and get back the tickets that they sold in one day and it's a nightmare. So it's, you know, it's, we want to make sure that a fighter's doing these weight cuts safely because obviously, you know, amateur, like, Amateur level, the the PA commission, even though it's day before weigh-in, they, they allow a few extra pounds. So it's like they don't want someone trying to kill themselves for an extra two pounds. So it's like they'll give them a little bit more leeway, you know, and like and these guys aren't professionals. You know, it's like most of these guys, like they have full time jobs and everything. So it might be a little bit harder when it comes to this weight cut. So it's like that's why I usually see like amateurs are fighting a little bit more heavier. And then when they go pro or they get a little bit further in their career, that's when they start to to do more bigger weight cuts because they can kind of maintain it a little bit more, you know, they're able to train more so they can keep the weight off and that kind of thing. Yeah. Focused. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I only have one last question unless you have a question. <laughs> I don't. Would you ever pull guard in a street fight? Oh. <laughs> okay. What? Well, what? I'm asking at this end of the conversation cause she's an instructor, a professional, and this is a sensitive subject. Mm. So very, only the realists are listening right now, and this is going to solve the debate. <laughs> We're going to solve world hunger and this. Okay, so I admit I'm a dirty guard puller all day long. <laughs> like that is absolutely my jujitsu style. I am sitting my happy ass to the mat, but street fight absolutely not. Nobody like, wants to get slammed. No, no, absolutely like no like. If I sit to my butt, then that means I'm probably going to get kicked in the face or mm-hmm. something. Like, it's it's not going to happen, you know? It's, you know, like, even though it'll go against all my jujitsu instincts. But, no, like, and, all right, I have decent striking. I know I know how to wrestle. Like, and if I'm going against someone who is obviously maybe not trained, cool. I have much better chances. So, mm-hmm. my wrestling will probably work unless, I don't know, like, I, I'm going up against, like, I piss off Gabby Garcia in the streets or something. And I don't even know. Yeah. But I guess that I'm just running. Like it's, I don't care what's happening. I'm running. (laughs) Like you're going to get kicked in the vag and I'm running. (laughs) (laughs) Kicked in the vag is another good name. (laughs) Way be a lot. Yeah. Way be a lot. There you go. <laughs> this was this is such a good time. Yeah. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you agreed to this. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. coming Thank on. You. This is, this is Told good. you, I love talking about this stuff. I can talk about it all day long. I would probably bore you to death, but I could, I uh, could go you, on and on. You probably wouldn't bore me. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd get bored either. <laughs> what's What's cool about this now is like I'm starting to think. It would be cool to have have him on. Um, oh yeah, the podcast because like, like, I think he's. A, you will not. He won't shut up. I think he'll make us laugh. It, no, he will. Like that's he's, what we're going for. He's my short life here. He's my class clown. Like that just just does not stop talking when it comes to like being in class and everything. Like he's, yep he's he's a character. That's for sure. The last so. time I saw him fight, he exuded such confidence. And when he got a hold of the microphone at the end, I was like, "This is going. This is. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> yeah, where, it just where it your goes all go. downhill. Like because he he knows like. Like he knows the difference between like really like he'll he'll talk all the shits like he will make it like pro wrestling and just say the most ridiculous <laughs> things like and and he knows it like you know he doesn't hate the opponents but you know he, he, he that character though gets paid a lot more when they get to the UFC level the heel yeah 
is what that like i what um andrew schultz had chael sonnen on his podcast and chael sonnen really dove into like what he was doing and what he was thinking when he was saying certain things when he was still active and how much trouble it got in, in him into but how he had to go to like brazilians after the fight and be like dude i just made you all that money mm-hmm. Thank, right like you can we just thank- hug it out like let's be- hug it out yeah. like you should be thanking me <laughs> i insulted your family yeah <laughs> like, right <laughs> yeah they were talking about how he would when he would go to brazil they'd have to send him with like armed security because everybody in brazil hated him <laughs> all the shitty talk yeah, who's the dude that did all the maga shit colby covington colby uh, colby like, you know i think colby almost or did get cut from the ufc mm. And that's what flipped the switch that created like the yeah. whole BBC now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and that then you works. have dudes like you have dudes like Jorge Masvidal. Mm. That I think he's just like that. I don't think that's an act. I think Jorge Masvidal is like a just a bit of a wild card. Yeah, he is a wild yeah. card. I think some of those guys are just like they're they like. I mean, he proved it. He he sucker punched Colby Covington in the face in Miami. I mean, like, you saw how he came up. Like he came up like in backyard street bro yeah, like you know being filmed and everything so have you like, ever been to one of those fights i on the, haven't the but no, i thought you were gonna say you have no the YouTube i, I fights totally where they like, would but i've had like guys trying to fight on our cards send me links to stuff oh this was my fights where they were doing like these backyard brawls in virginia and it's stuff. like a fence <laughs> it's a fence with like scrap wood yeah, lying yeah. inside of it like they no were, they're like here here's my fight experience i'm like that's not really a fight experience that's but a, this was entertaining thank you yeah. but yeah. yeah my my fight experience officially started i'm not gonna name names because the individual whose house this was now has an important job <laughs> but when we were children somebody had their pool taken down above ground oh and left a nice sand pit in the backyard nice that's what kicked it off yeah we had some kids that just saw red dude (laughs) kids just seeing red but just 12 year olds just beating like (laughs) (laughs) you like can't throw a hard enough punch but you're like oh like when you're that age you can throw the heat but like it's like one out of like every 16 punches you're like oh what was that (laughs) yeah am i grown am i is this puberty is this the power people are talking about yeah, no you one's like, getting knocked out. You like start to think you can take your dad. <laughs> you know In some instances, you can you go home, start seeing red. Yeah, dude. <laughs> slamming doors, slamming doors, all because somebody had a pool taken down. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sand pits, dude. seriously. That's next, sick. next time, if you're listening to this, or you guys, next time you're driving and you you drive past an above ground pool. Gonna, think about Andrew at 12. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna look at it. Well, I was 12. I oh. was 12, dude. Like, Tim was 10. Yeah. Other kids could have been younger. We don't know. We don't know. You're beating up 10 year olds, dude. I was not. Okay. Age right. didn't matter. It was Age like, didn't nah, matter. They just all wanted. They just all wanted. They wanted the heat, dude. Yeah, yeah you guys all look red. Let's, let's just say. Yeah, I guess I'm trying not to laugh so hard right now. Just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a time. Yeah. I'm an experienced matchmaker. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> experienced matchmaker right here. <laughs> yeah, meet me at the flagpole. Yo. <laughs> Set this up. It's all right. We'll make a flyer for you and everything. Yeah, yeah right. you get a school bus fights promotion. Some like color commentary and you're you're set. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You make this happen. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I know people now. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Um, does know what's the date for the next event? Is it the twenty sixth? June twenty third. Twenty third. Yes. So at Live Casino. June twenty third. That's a Saturday, right? 
Uh, it's a Friday, actually. Friday? It's a Friday night card. Yeah. So it's actually all ages at Live Casino. Um, and yeah, and then after party at their center bar. And so we've got like a bunch of title fights and definitely some like some special guests and stuff there. So we're going to have a really huge fight card. We're bringing a lot of people from out of state as well um, to really, you know, showcase everyone. It's going to be a badass card. It sounds like it. So we'll see you there June 23rd. This was uh, Jillian, Peterson, Gilmar, Andrew, Rambo having dreams on the floor. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys.